Hello, everybody, and welcome to This Week in X, presented by Crushing Comics. We are here for another week of the Hellfire Gala, plus one other comic book, for the comics that were out on the 9th of June, 2021. That is X-Men number 21, Excalibur number 21, and Children of the Atom number 4. As always, I'm joined by my favorite comic-loving fans and friends from around the world, Harry, Tyler, and Freya. And this is going to be a discussion that comes with some amount of spoilers Uh, for the Hellfire Gala and other things in the Marvel Universe. Hell, maybe even the MCU, based on one of the pages today. But before we get into that, (laughs) we're just going to have a brief intro chat. There's a lot of things in this about, um, in these issues today about joining groups, being a part of a group, deciding where you want to have membership in a group that crosses across all three. So I thought it would be fun to share a brief anecdote about a group where we joined and really felt like, wow, I'm actually a part of this group of people at some point in our lives, starting with Tyler. I mean, it's no surprise um, that group would be the group how the four of us met. <laughs> it's a Facebook comic book group that, you know, basically focus on, focuses on uh, collecting uh, Omnibus. And um, yeah, I mean, I joined, the, I was one of the early people that joined. Um, so, you know, it was a really friendly group uh, initially. And um, even now, um, but um, it was one of the first few times that I felt um, I found my comics collecting um, buddies. So, you know, that was, I think that was my first reaction. Freya, what about you? Um, so for me, it would be the same one, surprisingly. <laughs> and we didn't practice this, you know. So, but the thing is that it's, <laughs> when I was growing up, I think I talked about it before that I always felt a little off kilter, like, you know, compared to every my peers or everyone around me. So I always felt a little out of sync with everyone else. So it was kind of difficult for me to kind of join a group or be part of it long term because after a couple of months, I would feel that, okay, I'm not being welcomed or I'm not feeling like I need to be there. Personal reasons, most of the time. Mm -hmm. Uh, However, when the first time I joined this group and then I was, um, you know, kind of got, got in touch with all the people. And even though I didn't start it necessarily because I wanted to cut, get into collecting comics, I wanted to know more about comics. Um, and then, yeah, then I got to meet with all of you nice people and then some more, but yeah. But even within that, I felt like there has been time when there's like certain clicks within the group, but I'm like, ah, I'm leaving this click. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be joining more of the wholesome one. Yeah. <laughs> so that happened too as well you know. Harry, what about you? All right. So, I mean, I, I had been reading comics since uh, middle school, but I never actually been able to talk about it with anyone. It's been very much a personal independent kind of thing for me, which I had kind of made my peace with, but I'd always um, followed uh, the Omnibus Collectors Tumblr back in the day when I started collecting those. And then I circled back like years later, realized they had a Facebook group. I was like, what the heck? Let's see what it's like. And oh, yeah. So you just... have the same answer is what I'm getting. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> Dang it. Yeah. yeah. No, that's basically it. And I uh, I joined and I um, initially got roasted a bit for being the quote unquote one of the younger people in the group, which is still probably true. And um, it's just been like a lovely way to meet people, met all you fine people. And then we kind of met up in person and become real tangible friends. And uh, yeah, it's just been like a... I never really expected to be able to talk about comics with anyone uh, kind of, you know, really in any context. So it's been nice to uh, finally get to do that. Well, 
far be it for me to break up the the full set here. I will talk a little <laughs> bit about joining the group. I uh, so it's called the Omnibus Collectors something 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 group. It's it's currently yeah. not visible on Facebook, but if you are a big Omnibus collector, send one of us a message and we can help you get involved. And you know the quote that always really resonates with me about groups is Groucho Marx saying, "I refuse to join any club that would have me." That's very much a me kind of thing. Like, I want to be in a club that I can't be in and a club that would have me I don't really have an interest in. And I think, you know, at that time, I was trying to outgrow that. I was in a job I really loved. I was My band was really having a lot of fun. And I was like, oh, well, it would be fun to be a part of a group that talked about comics because I was putting so much work into my website. That was the year that my, in 2015, I guess, that my website, like, really exploded in popularity. And it was strange because I got there and, like, people knew who I was already, which was maybe the first time I ever really had... <laughs> had that in in life now it happens to me a lot on the internet um and it's strange because people like have preconceived notions about things that you'll like or things that you'll say because they've been consuming you in the same way that somebody who listens to the podcast and like metastatic convention would but i think we're a little bit more our whole selves in the podcast than i am like on an x-men guide that's just a bunch of numbers and things but the thing that makes me reflect on that quote is a lot of times i phase out of groups after not that long because i don't feel like they change and grow with me and i'm somebody who's always like trying to do new things i don't like Mm -hmm. being repetitive and that's part of why I like bands because bands tend to like get better learn new songs it's not just like a static group that does the same thing all the time and the reason I really love the group is because it changes with me like our values have changed and grown we've gotten better at inclusivity the group has grown more diverse and I feel like it mirrors you know the progression I've gone through as a family member as now an immigrant and I've learned some stuff and I've had some opinions in life where I have changed them radically over the past (laughs) six years and I feel like somehow it still kind of feels like a home. Like I feel like everybody's on that same path. And that's a really rare thing to find in life. People who are on a path with you and who can grow with you. And I think that that's, you know, why it's so special. It's such a, it's a place where all four of us will volunteer the same answer because it's a place that has grown with us. For X-Men 21 though, first let's get your reactions without getting too deep into the plot of the issue, starting with Tyler. I mean, this is definitely not the best of Hickman. But um, I enjoyed it. Um, I love the trio of artists and the little snippets and hints. So it is a good second appetizer. And I'm actually very ready for Planet Size X-Men. I give it a three black box out of five. Harry. Let's be real. This series is now finished and we can look at it. And it's always been kind of relaxed, kind of lackadaisical in a way, just showing us snippets of mutant culture and the goings on on Krakoa. In that sense, this is very much a fitting conclusion to this series, which is not a lot of narrative thrust, not a lot really happening, but some nice moments that show this bigger world. And like, I find it really pleasant. It worked for me much more than I was expecting. I mean, this isn't even Jonathan Hickman's run uh, event, I should say. So I'm going to give it 3.5 after parties out of five. Freeha. For some reason, I'm having a hard time articulating how I'm feeling. And then after some pondering, I realized that it's because I cannot stand Cyclops more than a panel. Like if we're going to be in trouble in that new X-Men book. Oh, I mean, I am, I am seriously considering not joining for that because I don't know. I mean, we're going to get into it later on because something about the way he speaks or the things he says, it really irks me. And I was just kind of fixated on that. There are some good 
things in here some like you know some interesting plot points and stuff but as of right now this whole hellfire gala seems to be just like the way for marvel to sell a lot of variant just for one issue which is the planet size that we are all uh, being taught like you know being getting ready for so it better live up to the expectation because as of right now i'm like two weeks in a row i'm like okay why what's going on and i blame you guys for that because i didn't used to be like this but now you guys have made me like you know cynical and then also art wise uh i think there was like four artists in this mm-hmm. right so the mm-hmm. last one i think sarah picelli every single character looks like a cosplayer of the character rather than the character <laughs> themselves and that really annoyed me because <laughs> i was like oh and then drakota who i'm a really a huge fan of from east of west have like the most the jamie madrox that is going to give me nightmares for <laughs> years and years to come it just like i mean yeah so i and the thing at the end of the day i'm like okay why why are we here i mean you know drakota does some really interesting faces uh, yeah he did uh, yeah like mm-hmm. anyway his I'm his done. proportions a little bit um Stylized this episode. I will this say episode. this is this was the cold soup. This issue, in cold the, soup <laughs> in the whole meal. You know, some soups are meant to be served cold. Yeah, gazpacho. No, no, gazpacho. this is supposed to be like. So first of all, I don't like soup, so I don't know about all the soup details. But the thing is, like, I'll tell you, like, whatever. This was supposed to be served hot, but I got served cold, and then potentially <laughs> someone spat on it. Uh, oh, 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 oh. Gross. <laughs> I, yeah, you know, it's interesting. I think it did its job, which was to be an art jam with a bunch of really pretty characters in it. I don't think it ever was supposed to have much of a story other than this little Namor tease. And that's fine. It accomplished what it came to the party to do. But much like, and I, and I choose not to get upset about it. You've seen me get really upset about a lot of Jonathan Hickman comics. And this is Hickman playing it cool, playing it subtle, just giving us the, the you know, enough to mm-hmm. make it feel like a party, which I'm kind of impressed because I would think that Hickman would maybe overwrite a party. And in a way, he underwrote it a little bit, which to me is more impressive than him overwriting it. And, uh, and you know, I think what I come away with, though, is a similar feeling to Freya. Like, it feels like we could have just had a hundred page planet size X-Men that was whatever and I know it's going to be like 72 pages right it's going to mm-hmm. be really long but we could have just had that plus 8 pages from each of these other books with the home artist and then these other books all could have followed to like flesh it out I, I just think it was a I keep saying this and I said it last week too I think it's like a self-inflicted wound it's an unforced mm-hmm. error I think they just had a bad plan I think they were excited they saw the fans were excited and based on some of the reaction I'm seeing some people are digging it but it does feel like they kind of shot themselves in the mm-hmm. foot a little bit putting planet size in the in the third week after these kind of oh, very sure. hors d'oeuvres yeah. appetizery issues but, but i'm well, not the, mad it at better, it yeah. it's, i'm not mad it, at it at all but it the thing better is live up to the expectation <laughs> it's not like, get that out of your not, head you now. gotta no, give it up not, now no yeah. don't do that don't take it from that's not long time fans no problem lives up to expectations i think the problems all right started in x of swords and the sure. reason why I said that is because X of Sword is not supposed to be a 22-parter. It's no. supposed to be a 10-parter. And I believe the Hellfire Gala is supposed to follow pretty closely to after X of Sword. So the whole yeah. entire reign of X is like filled with mostly fillers, which is why we kind of hated... I mean, which is why X-Men dipped in quality, which is why Excalibur went nowhere it was just meandering which is why x-force basically repeats and repeats the same beats over and over again because look at the 
the the key things that were mentioned here, right? Beast and Terra Verde. That was done in Dawn of X, not Reign yeah. of X. Look at look at Excalibur bits here, right? They they were all done before. So I feel like you know this whole thing started with X of Swords expanding the twenty two parters and the whole COVID mess, and and hopefully everything will be more you know tightly plotted from this point onwards. I mean, and so I, here's the thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, and I I'm and another thing. I'm forgetting where the interview was, but it was released today where they interviewed, I believe, the editor of this line or what have you. I'll find the details. But basically, mm-hmm. they were saying their original plan was to not even announce that this gala was happening. Oh, the initial plan yeah. was to just, this month of issues was just going to be, we're just going to be yeah. at the gala, which Correct. is kind of showing that like from its inception, this was not going to be a big barn burner of yeah. an events. This is just going to be what it is. Sometimes the, the marketing department gets a hold of it. Was the, it was the part, part one I interview agree. in All now, in Poor Taste. That's with, right. Yeah, um, I, Jordan White. Yeah. Yes. I, I was pretty sure that was it, but I didn't want to say and get yeah. it wrong. So like, in that sense, it's a party. I'm having a good time so far. The marketing was obviously quite at odds with this, but um, yeah. I'm just. But the marketing the was great. Like, but it was uh, kudos at odds for the marketing. It, yes, <laughs> they they uh, made sure. they had a cooler idea about the. They event. made <laughs> they made they made everyone excited for the party, and it, it's, then it's an issue where I think we've we've come off so many months of like like filler of a sense where we're kind of feeling things drag, and we want yeah. this to be the big like status quo shake. And that's just not what it's trying to do. Not I'm yet. not going to begrudge it for what it's not. I'm trying to enjoy it for what it is mm-hmm. uh, to varying degrees. We'll get to Excalibur. Yeah. That's a uh, really so bad what it is? comment. What is it? What is it? I don't understand. What, it, what is this? It's a party. Well, well, let's get into the first scene case. and talk about what it is. Yeah. This first scene, uh, N- Namor's divided interests, or in the words of Tears for Fears, everybody wants to rule wants the world. To rule the world. Uh, so there's some open council seats. Xavier mm-hmm. and Magneto bring this to Namor, who has rejected them several times over, starting in, I think, Powers <laughs> of X, like, four or five, maybe? And yeah. uh, and they're like, we have a seat, maybe even two, if you want to bring somebody with you, and, <laughs> you know, have a plus one. And he's like, I'm not looking for seats. I'm looking to rule, to be the ruler. I want it all under my thumb. I already rule 70% of it. Your council is a joke. And kind of by extension, in a brilliantly paneled sequence by Dragata, so are these <laughs> Illuminati folks. But at least with their delusions of adequacy, I feel like I'm being given proper veneration. And so he just leaves them in the dust to go mingle with his former Illuminati brethren. Apparently only men get to rule the world in Jonathan yeah. Hickman's version of it. <laughs> Let's start with Freya, shall we? We're a, we're a big Namor fan down there, Freya. Mm-hmm. What did you think about this scene? Well, this was one of the, my favorite uh, thing of this week in X, like, you know, this was pretty much the, my, my most favorite part, uh, despite, like, the Jamie Madrox giving me nightmare <laughs> part aside. Um, I absolutely enjoyed Magneto's facial expression as he was talking to Neymar. It's like, yes, you grace us with your presence, your majesty. We are honored and humbled. Yeah, you but, know, knowing Magneto, that that but, is just... <laughs> Yes, <laughs> but you know that when you know that when he said that, right? He was giving 
he was giving the evil eye to Xavier because of Xavier started off with like, oh, you're the North Star of yeah, our guests. And I was exact, like... Exactly. <laughs> so like, I mean, that's I'm what like, I'm we've saying. We've already got though. a North Star. Come on. Like, Come you on, know, that's exactly what I'm saying. Though. It's like, those are the things that was a winner. And I'm like, okay, fine. I'll forgive you for giving me Jamie Madrox's nightmare. Yeah. Um, but the thing is that I, I mean, I really enjoyed it. And I think I really, it's kind of, pretty much it falls in line with what Neymar is. Like, you know, he's not going to join. And the thing is, it's also kind of, he tried to join them before during the mm-hmm. utopia time and it he was uh, kind of pushed aside and he wasn't necessarily getting the whole i am the only per- only ruler vibe so he knows that he can definitely compete now mm-hmm. so i think like, it all made sense and i the whole presence of the illuminati characters at the background and then him just walking away to them that was perfection because it just showed not only like you know, that he's rejecting two of them, like, you know, rejecting, not necessarily his own, like, kind of rejecting his own kind in favor of power, which is actually pretty damning. <laughs> well, that's the, the question for me is that if Xavier and, and, and Eric is really interested in getting Nemo to join them, why did they not just ask Emma? Right, everybody them. knows Namor <laughs> responds to a leggy blonde. Yeah, they, they sent they the wrong welcome no. party. Exactly. Because Emma's tied up. Emma's busy. Emma's busy no. with her own empire growing. Exactly. That is the reason I have because I think Xavier and Eric is a little bit afraid of how much knowledge and power Emma has. Yeah, they want Namor on their season. I forget yeah, what season so they are. They don't want. Emma to yeah. bring him in. They're trying to do an end around. They see how much risk they are at already having lost Apocalypse in their bro club. Right. And to that, is the second invitation to Banshee to the council. Ooh. That'd be interesting. Is he, hmm. is he on that level? Do we think that? I mean, he's well, been he around is, forever. He's, he is he's one of the... Yeah. He has been... And he has been with Emma... You know, like like Peter said, um, teaching the new new kids in Gen X. Plus, a longtime partner of Mora, not lost on. That's else. what I was saying. <laughs> I want him to. I want him to join, like you know, Emma to get a hold of him, just because he's uh, Mora's ex boyfriend. Yeah. Like so, keep mm. him. Not necessarily give him a giving a council seat because he doesn't feel like one, but just to kind of keep him under her thumb, like you know, be my like errand boy. <laughs> Harry, what did you think about this opening Namor scene? I enjoyed it. I thought it was a little wheel spinny because he's just still like, nah, man, not joining your island. But uh, it's beautiful. I Even with the Madrox hell creature, like there's just, I love <laughs> the designs of Xavier and Magneto. Although Namor's hair is pretty trash. I'm going to be upfront about this, but uh, it's fine. And I just, I like it. I think it sets a good tone of just like, we're going to, this is going to be a series of conversations that kind of are just kind of fun. And, you know, Hickman writes an incredible Namor. He just remains undefeated for me. Gillen is a close second, but Hickman's still at number one. And um, Magneto looks great. I love that top hat, obviously. I got <laughs> a white top hat, though. Like, that is, that is yeah, extra yeah, fine. another level. That's yeah. another I was, was going to ask that you're trashing Namor's hair. How many percent of land do you... 
you were always You're right. Man. I'm not like, the king of the ocean. I should be. I, mean, I should bow in front of him. Yeah, um, like, you know, trashing Na- King Namor's hairstyle. <laughs> you know, that all day wet look is really in in hair right now. So <laughs> right. Yeah, it's fine. Like, uh, and it's got all that salt water in it. You know, he, so I have to say, when I think of people to draw Namor, I mean, let's be honest. We're when we're looking at Namor. We're looking for the most cheesecake you can give us, art-wise. Yes. And, yes. I mean, Dragata did a great job of that really, really low V on, on the pants. R- really <laughs> nice work. But um, I do kind of think of, like, you know, we could have had Chris Anka or, like, Jen Bartel. Oh, or, you know, be. somebody who could take him all the way horny. So it does feel, feel like there was maybe not quite, wasn't quite horny enough. But it would have maybe be a little incongruous to have Namor go full horny in a scene with Xavier and Magneto. You know, I don't know. Because maybe, maybe they're not horny enough to be in that scene with him looking making us feel that horny. I don't hey, know. But, but hey, why, so take I, that back. How dare you say that about Eric Lang? How dare you? House of M will remember this. Oh, but. Oh <laughs> uh, so, but at the same time, I really appreciate it because I think Dragata, Dragata does this kind of um, Hickman's talking head dudes in a really mm-hmm. in a way that makes it feel really rooted and menacing but still gives it some acting I think he's good at drawing yes. facial acting and I really love this and I'm with Harry I think Hickman's probably the best Namor writer full stop yeah. and I think that like we, it would be a crime if Hickman departs Marvel again without at least tossing us like a Namor one shot or a Namor miniseries something he's a mutant come on man use your yeah. powers for good uh, I, yeah. because it's just it's just satisfying he writes them really well and if you are enjoying this there's this wonderful through line here from pretty much from like Namor in Hickman's FF to Namor in his New Avengers to Namor in Chip Zdarsky's 2019 Invaders to here. And if you haven't read Zdarsky's 2019 Invaders, my number one comic book out of all of the comics I read in 2019, it's a yeah. perfect thing to read to get the full impact of him walking away to this other group of assholes who he did and- not have a high opinion of. <laughs> now, and the thing, other thing we have to mention though, that in Chip Zdarsky's, uh, in Always an Invader, there is a, a like a, a gizmo that can switch species. And it's just there, it's mentioned, never, mm. and he has it. Mm. Namor is, has it. And, and he can some... actually switch, switch human to Atlantean, which means it can also switch humans to mutants. And, and also there's some now. key Professor Xavier monkeying with Namor's mind. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Highly yeah. recommended by the panel. Have you read it too, Harry? Uh, I've read like the first arc. I really should circle. Oh, we got I really liked it. Oh. I read it. Yeah. Like, you know, like, uh, so that's why he's rejecting them though, right? Because he's remember just, like yeah. how what Xavier done to him. <laughs> like, why on earth would you wanna be next near well, that again? Well, Namor, you, much like me, does not want to join any group that would have him. Like he, <laughs> oh, he only okay, wants to okay. join a group that wouldn't have him. And so since they would all have him, he doesn't need them. Well, you touched on something, which is that, like, I hope this is going, Hickman's going somewhere with this and not just him, like, using Namor where he can while he's off in Jason Aaron's Avengers. I really hope this is, like, something that Hickman can eventually bring home rather than just Namor being on the sidelines. Because, like, Hickman's in charge of the X-Men. You should be able to get Namor in there. Uh, All right. We are going to move it on now to the psychic vote. And I have to offer one editorial comment before we get into reaction here. In Gene and Cyclops announcing the vote, uh, and also Cersei reacting to it, if anybody could recognize her, I thought it was Tiger Tiger. Uh, Mm -hmm. They say, there's no shame, no hidden agendas or manipulation, just pride. 
Now, clearly this issue is out in the middle of Pride Month, which is a wonderful time to celebrate everyone who falls under the LGBTQA umbrella. And I thought it was absolutely offensive to play this just pride note in a comic book that, to the best of my knowledge, does not have a single character who is an LGBTQA character. It's slurred a little bit. LGBTQA <laughs> character speaking in this book. It just felt really false and wrong to me. That's just me editorializing. I also want to hear what everybody thought about how the psychic vote for the X-Men went down, starting with Tyler. But it really just rubbed me the wrong way. I have a counterpoint Okay. I I mean the thing is this for me I feel like um the pride here you know okay it's supposed to be pride man and so there is always the um association because of the closeness of this thing but this I feel like this we are talking about the pride of a nation the pride of a people here so so it doesn't strike me as very different, and coming from an um an eternal who have seen you know um civilization rise and fall, society rise and fall, you know I I I, I think that it is a more um I mean I think it's it's more of a commentary on on Krakoan. Like, you know, that the mutants are finally coming together as a people. Mm. I think that is where Hickman is trying to straddle that line. And um, yeah, it took me a while to to see who that person <laughs> is as well. And actually, I, I after I know that it's Cersei, I realized that um, um, Dortmund is drawing her to look a little bit like uh, Gemma Chan. Yes. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. There we go. Yeah. Uh, Go ahead. <laughs> I didn't mean, Go yeah. ahead. Uh, I, I don't know if you were done or not. We'll, we'll cut all this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah I, I really um, I really didn't read this as an LGBTQA thing either. Um, I just feel like, I don't know. It is Pride Month, but like Hickman writing like a random little tidbit of pride from the mouth of an eternal during this totally unrelated thing. It just seems like sometimes a cigar is just a cigar, frankly. That's uh, yeah. But I like this scene, and I, I I do like that. Um, I believe they mention um, you know, I, I just think it's like it's re- it's Hickman's recurring thing of just like there are no tricks here, there's nothing to hide. We are really just on the level, and this is to most of the mutants a good thing. That's kind of been a theme in his his book, trying to get that across. Um, I think it's beautiful, and I I think there's so much just some acting in each of these panels, and there is a really bizarre one at the beginning of them all in the psychic vote of uh, Angel Betsy Braddock. Emma Frost and Mark Marin, like all in a line. <laughs> it's a very interesting panel. Um, I like this. This was, this was fun. And we, we get our new team, which um, is fine. It's just kind of hard to see them as a team right now because they're all in their individual uh, outfits for the night. But um, mm-hmm. look, Datterman's great. At, at the end of the day, it's kind of hard to be mad when the art's this good. All right, Freya, your counterpoint has arrived. Uh, I just wanted to say, because you had mentioned Datterman, uh, Datterman should stick to cover art. I think I don't think he should be doing sequential art. Like you know, I love him, but 
Yeah. The best page over here is like the the cover page where they're all together. It's like and everything else is just so static and you're like, okay. And the, the also the election part itself is kind of dumb, the whole like psychic thing, because it just reminded me of that one one meme where it's like, Harry, we're in the pensive. Like just yeah. look for <laughs> Harry Potter pensive funny meme and you're gonna see which one I'm talking about. Okay. It just it just horrifying. Like everyone just standing there. Like, you know, if you were there, you'd be like, what just happened? What, what's going on? Anyway, but that's um, but that's I what they that's, that's what yeah. yeah that's the intention right because that's what they it's they to have be. the they have the non mutants comment on it yeah yeah right uh like when I go to a meeting I like party I don't want to be in that situation but anyway uh that aside um I was talking about the the whole pride thing because I understand where Peter was coming from but I think I'm leaning more towards where Tyler and Harry was going with this that it just like it's not necessarily connected but at the same time maybe as a writer you should take note on some of the connotations that's now right. being used that's, differently yeah. that's in, in our in our real world and given that whole mutant and everything kind of came with being persecuted, being other, being uh, like, you know, hunted and feared and everything. Maybe don't use that word. Those are words. Like, you know, if you, and if you were really want, because the thing is the next page, the whole team got revealed. And this is not a team mm -hmm. that can suffice either in universe as a representation of mutant or out of universe as representation of um, other community, like, you know, other community. So because of that, it just feels a little hollow, a little like, you know, that maybe use a different word. That's, that's what my, maybe say that just patriotism or something like that, <laughs> you know, make it like, so that you're taking away that, you know, the separate that completely. Yeah, that's I, where I was going. I think that's a wonderful nuanced take from all three of you. And it helps me kind of, it, it wasn't like I was super angry about it. It was kind of just like, it really struck me as strange. And I think yeah. Freya summarizes it the best way, which is that you, you have to try to anticipate a little bit about how your reader is going to take this kind of thing, yeah. this big gala event that's being marketed in the middle of Pride Month, et cetera, et cetera. Words like that hit, especially as it comes before a page with a big rainbow splash on it. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that it was meant in an appropriative way. It just made me kind of realize like, hmm, are there any characters in this book? You know, in the same way, now let's talk about the actual vote. You know, is this really a representative X-Men team? Hickman, I think, has this beautiful concept of the psychic vote. But as one of the things I hate the most as a comic device is when there's a bunch of disembodied thought balloons and everybody's like, I vote for them. I don't like this, blah, blah, <laughs> blah. But if ever there was a comic that really needed that, I thought it was this. Because we got all of the reaction shots of all of the people, including a mm -hmm. very funny one of Lara as Wolverine with shrimp on her claw, <laughs> as, as they're being the selected. Claw. But we don't really get any insight into it at all, which I think would have made this land, even if it was just a couple of words disembodied from the person or a couple of words from the person disembodied from who they were voting for. Yeah. And then it, we get to this page and it kind of as excited as I am for this team, just because I think it's a lot of characters I like, it kind of just made me kind of go like sad from Sure. Yeah. Because it, it just felt like a non-event here at the event that that's how the team got chosen also I'm are not... gene and scott just there 
Like, Gene and Scott definitely got vo- voted for. I don't know. We I'm vote like, us. who's voting for Sync just because he went on the... Now, I guess we're getting into my comments now. Who's voting for Sync just because he was on this death mission? Who's the voting for Sunfire just because he's, like, on That's the my out- question. Yeah, it's just... I needed a... I'm just... Who's I'm voting like, for Polaris just because she's making wh- it to his daughter? Like, what, wh- why what are is, you choosing any of these yeah. people? They're all, like... Rah, rah. I do so, wonder... Can I, can I just say my, my reaction to this? Um, Please. I just... Because... Because... What really pisses me off is like every single one of these people are human passing. That annoys mm. me. Like even if I'm not going with real world allegory, forget that. Forget the real world world allegory. Because as you mentioned, none of them are LGBTQ community. There's like two uh, POC. None of the women are POC. Scott is there, like it just like I don't know the whole thing, and then the thing is that they're all human passing. Scott is there. Like, oh, I hate him. Like you know, it's just like look at him, just standing there with so much pride. <laughs> like Wait, just so so annoying. So, okay, so let's just um, let's say two issues into the new X Men, and Dugan writes a scene where the non-human passing mutants made a comment saying that. You know, why is it that these are all like looking like normal humans? You mm-hmm. know? Yeah. And would would that satisfy you? No, because the team still remains <laughs> the same. Unless yeah, co- like, fine. you know, the, unless the team is get, kind of getting like, you know, being you are, changed. Um, because the team will change. We, we, we the, talk about like are you saying that they're gonna change the team after Yeah, team? I mean okay, it's it's gonna stay for a while, but mm. the election is gonna come around again. So this is not the only election ever. Sure. So this is going to be, I, I don't think it's going to be an annual thing because of the way time works in comics. But, um, but you know, but I mean, my understanding is there's going to be more. Right. And here's the thing. The reason I'm saying though, because in real world, there has been so many X-Men team that has been presented that, you know, they keep shuffling. So why not give a x-men team in this krakon era in this era that is more representative both on screen both on paper and in real life of who we are as a community oh yeah i mean i don't disagree with you i'm just saying mm. that like is i'm just wondering out loud if there is yeah, a yeah. point well, depends depends yeah. depends on how the point is but i do want to mention though that uh, i like the one the cosmar and all and yeah I'm rain boy rain boy Mm-hmm. Yeah, like they're just like they didn't come to the party. No, like that Poor was boys. that was that was damning. Like that, I was that stayed with me. Like yeah. that one scene. Like I don't know whether it was written in, like you know, specifically or uh, Doraman put that in there, but that stayed with me. So the thing is, in a way, this is they probably didn't even vote. Yeah, well, they, they did. Have they have the psychic game. vote. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Or, or they, they might know, have the, chosen chosen someone. They may, maybe they chosen. Farouk. Laura, because that Laura is the one they know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're not big fans of Gabby right now, so I don't know. Yeah, if they're, they're not. <laughs> uh, before yeah. we go around, I just wanted to hit one other thing that Freya said before it gets lost. I think Dodderman's an amazing artist, but I don't think Hipton, Hickman scripts for him very well based on this and Giant Size X Men. Dodderman was like stunning, breathtakingly stunning interiors on Aaron. They had motion, there was yeah. acting in his Thor run, but, but all the times we've seen him with Hickman so far, it has been flat as hell. So I don't know mm-hmm. if that's a Dodderman problem, could be a script problem, but yeah. we, we do, don't know. I mean, yeah. It, it, this is a party with a bunch of conversations that might not be right. the strongest yeah. suit. Might be better yeah. to kind of cut loose. Of that and I show. think Dodderman did pretty well um, with Young Cyclops too. 
the first few issues oh, of Encyclops. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Before anybody knew that he was gonna like change our whole world. And it may be but and it may be but thirsty for shirtless cossier. Then mission accomplished. You know what? I take back. Take back what I said. All right. On to Harry talking about the vote. Yeah. I thought we just. I thought I just. Oh, was that it? That was the end. <laughs> well, no, I. We talked I about it. I was sure you didn't have anything else to well, say about it. Well, uh, my biggest, my, I mean, I, kind of like following what you were talking about, Peter. I don't think this is a good thing, but I do think what they're trying to do with kind of like the psychic vote, where you don't see the the reasoning and the thought going into it, is kind of it. Kind of reminds me of. I don't know if they'll show it later, but us not seeing the fireworks in the Hellions issue, what have you. Trying oh, to you think planet is, size is going to have a little bit more. Maybe, but I almost take it as like this. There is a remove here between the audience and the mutants, just kind of showing almost like this is for them in a sense. No, I don't know if Mm. that like works great for the reader, but it's almost like it's one of these tiny things that show this is just like a slightly more alien culture and kind of like situation than you know we as people experience. Um, Trying Mm. to keep us keep us more at a remove than getting us fully into their heads. Now, I do think, though, it takes away from the actual impact of the reveal, because I don't know why they picked, you know, these people. But um, it's just something that I was thinking about when I was reading mm-hmm. it. Tyler, but I'm kind of, else? I'm a little bit kind of sad that we skip one generation of mutants here mm-hmm. to, to be the X-Men. Like the first new mutant class, none of them made it. Well, Rogue is technically from that class. Well, kind of, yeah. She's introduced around that time. Yeah, I'm sorry. I feel like yeah, I'm like the interrupting cow right now. I'm like, but, but, but. I'm like, she's from that period, I, even if she's not. Yeah, that that's true. Yeah, and she's making, about... <laughs> she's making a duck face. She's making a duck face. Good the, for her. I don't get worked like, up about teams a, a lot. Like, I, I assume Jerry Duggan wanted to write these people, so yeah. I'll just roll along with it, and hopefully it'll be a good story. And well, and, and apparently he wants to, to write some of the other <laughs> other characters well, that were not voted into. Yeah, that's what I'm okay. saying. Yes. That, that, no, that didn't that. get no. voted in. Yeah. So. <laughs> but, you know, I think it's a good point, though, if, if we think about it in story terms. Like, it's not like that New Mutants block, which is a block of influential people, um, mm-hmm. would vote for any of these people, right? They would exactly. probably vote for Danny or Cannonball, who did, you know, Cannonball did okay in the vote, so it's, so yeah. it's a thing. <laughs> but it definitely makes you think about, this is supposed to be representative of all the mutants in the world, right? Not only mutants who have been yeah. X-Men at yeah. some point. Right. And to a point that I know Faria mentions a lot outside of this chat, like, so you're telling me the mutants of the world are overwhelmingly white enough to pick these <laughs> X-Men? Or is it just that the um the x-men available to them are overwhelmingly white enough that that's who they wound up picking i mean I we did know. vote for joe biden so yes. <laughs> anyway, oh topical okay. i'm gonna <laughs> yeah topical. move on from the, from <laughs> all right the psychic vote. uh the next thing in the issue is the sinister secrets but we're gonna save that to the end here to talk about mm-hmm. two other scenes so um anna frost Ooh. meets with these mm-hmm. very interesting veiled people and she wants what's in the box Tyler, what is happening here? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I tried to look at things. I mean, that, um, yeah, I mean, I was just racking my brain. I couldn't figure out anything. So this is something new, I think. Hmm. So I looked up Nameless City and then Same. only faith Karen, Karen Hicks <laughs> yeah. book comes up. I'm like, why yeah. are you crossing yeah, which is a great thing because you should all read that book. It's really good. Um, I was just mostly for looking at my homegirl, Mystique, just walking around, surrounding Emma. Paying attention. 
yeah like always looking at what emma's yep. up to like you know so that to me was like like you know i was into that i was like what are you up to girl it is like, not you know? I, she's definitely up to something she hasn't had a single focus on her for any of these issues like we're definitely gonna see like some nefarious stuff <laughs> no that's what later. i that's what i noticed there are a few characters that appears in all the gala issues uh-huh. but almost never had a speaking part mm. mystic is one of them colossus, colossus is another one of them mm. well colossus yeah. obviously even if he, he if he appears in like one small little doodle i'll recognize him but um <laughs> that's besides the question uh yeah and um and actually who else um um I mean, I guess the rest will appear in New Mutants because the New Mutants Maybe. appears a lot too. Hmm. So, so, so they will probably have a speaking role in, in New Mutants. Also, issue. remember in the Hell- Hellfire Gala Guide, uh, the free one, it only Mystique, um, Colossus, and um, uh, Manifold are the three that got like featured pages yeah. on for them. Oh, and also Emma, but she Emma, was yeah, yeah. But, She's in you know, so it, yeah, so it just kind of like why, why are they <laughs> why are featured? You? Yeah. yeah. Well, there's only two more small things to talk about before we get to the Sinister Secrets, and we can tackle mm-hmm. them in one go-round. One is um, Scott delivers a monologue to Ugh. Kevin Feige, which is... I, I don't even want to get into it. It's weird. But the monologue has these <laughs> is, two lines that I thought mm-hmm. are really interesting, especially com- combined with the end here. Cyclops says, The waking world where we all live, it's a killer of dreams, a destroyer of things you believe in. Now, of course, this is an interesting contrast with the quote that opens Hickman's run in the beginning of House of X, which is what, while you slept, the world changed, right? Changed. That's what, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and he's saying like the waking world, it's a, it's a killer, right? Maybe it's better to stay asleep. Whereas, mm-hmm. but that he's in that world, that's Xavier's world. And this whole mm-hmm. monologue is about Xavier, which maybe indicates Cyclops dissatisfaction as the monologue is quite overt with, with his prior deification of Xavier. He also yeah. says, there's no real difference between any of us, which is quite a line coming from Cyclops. But this all well, culminates in the fireworks display where Emma's like, here's our bridge to the future. And it's clearly implicating some space nonsense because we get what seems to be Mars in the night sky with mm-hmm. two characters silhouetted in front of it. So Tyler, Harry, Freya, thoughts on the Cyclops monologue and I, the Mars tease that will lead us perhaps into Planet Size X-Men. I liked, actually liked that monologue quite a bit from uh, Mr. Summers because considering this is like the last X-Men issue and what have you, I, I almost look at this as not a victory lap from Hickman, but almost Hickman just talking about uh, Scott's perspective and dream compared to Xavier's being a way of saying, you know, being an X-Men, you know, even though this is a different kind of status quo and this isn't the typical mansion and sort of status quo as we're used to, this is just as valid as that. And, uh, you know, kind of good things are to come. So it kind of mm. almost felt like a, uh, I'd say a fairly earned pat on the back uh, from Hickman just about this entire initiative. Because, you know, like it, it is like a impressive thing just that we're so far into this and we're only cooler things seem to be coming. So I, mm-hmm. I took it more as like a writer perspective than um, Scott himself. And comic um, Kevin Feige looks super weird. It just it's a weird looking panel. I don't know how else to say that. Uh, melted face man. <laughs> who was the other guy in that page? What's like, up? Who was, who was the other guy in the page? I have trying no to idea. Get a, Is it no idea. I have no idea. No. I have no idea. I, I think it's not. the winner. 
because they were someone who won. Oh, was there a contest? Uh, yeah, yeah, there was, was a contest. contest but I think it's a contest. Contest. I like winner, that. Though. I hope contest so. winner but, got to be on, he, a, on the debut page of Ke- Kevin Feige in X Men Comics. It's going to be valuable mm, one day when he gets yeah, his own series. Yeah, it is going to. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I don't know who that guy because I feel like that guy is probably someone else. Sorry. Mm-hmm. So do you, do I do I do you, do you have any thoughts? On all yeah, these I know I Freya like has thoughts, so I'm just <laughs> waiting for her to to say something first. Like, okay, so nothing is more um, interesting than one white man talks about other another white man's world and how he feels <laughs> about that white man's world, and then it's all supposed to be allegory, like you know, for a marginalized community. Ugh kill me now um then also like the whole thing is like we're not different don't say that don't don't put that in a word that's some all lives matter of, bullshit it oh, really is. like no it we really are different is. guess what we are different we're all different can you see me i'm looking at my camera i'm telling you that we're all different we want the same thing but we are different like you know it's and that makes us awesome it's it's what it is like get on with that program so stop saying that bullshit sorry but the other thing is though is like um the whole fireworks happen i didn't understood what the fireworks is or maybe i'm not supposed to i don't know i was mostly interested in um what's his name quentin gathering yeah. up all the all the omega mutants yeah. and pushing them somewhere yeah. what was that about oh i don't know if i even caught that that's yeah, those size. are those are all. Were, oh, they were all. Omega they were all. Mutants. They, they were all, all Omega mutants, except yeah. for Makeda, Powerhouse, Legion, and Vulcan. So right. Makeda is not found. He's probably right. somewhere in other world, and Powerhouse is now not a mutant. Legion is not included, which is because probably because he's like, hey. He's no, he already he already I, said he's not coming to the yeah, gala. I'm not, yeah, I'm not, exactly. I'm not with you. He he already yeah. told Xavier, I'm not with you. The only thing that I found strange was that Vulcan was missing. Hmm. Well, he might have, he might already be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really yeah, you know, yeah but the thing yeah. is, like, um, I, I was initially talking about last week that we never seen the five before yeah. this, but yeah, they yeah. were actually in the, they were actually there. yeah. Like, and it's one of the few times the five has been separated on panel. I mean, yeah. Hope gets around the island a little bit, but yeah, I don't think yeah. we've ever seen any of the rest of them apart right. from the no. from the room. Yeah, but, the, but yeah. the thing is, like, yeah, like, um, Quentin was kind of getting shoving them, like he, yeah. he was responsible for them. Like yeah, because there, he's he's there. one of the Omegas too. So. Yeah, so I, I mean, and the thing is, like he um, Magneto did mention in the last way of X that oh, we the Omega mutant is planning something. It's yeah. like oh, so what is the party? Will you join us? So what is the party trick? Like I don't know. What's that, that about? Also, putting all the Omega mutant in the same room. Uh, I don't know about that. Also, I the beginning this, of that section yeah. is titled eleven thirty-five p.m. Exodus. Yep. Which confused me because I just thought at first they were leaving the party, but they're not just mm-hmm. leaving the party because the fireworks haven't happened yet and people aren't supposed to leave until after the fireworks. The Midnight, yeah. So is it is so it's really just see. the exodus of the Omega mutants. Omega mutants. Mm. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta get ready for the yeah. for the main for the event. So, so Faria, on the point about um the I mean I totally agree with the part like, you know, he there is no difference between any of us line being used here as i mean almost the same way as like when peter said you know the pride thing mm-hmm. um because i think this this line is split into two different pages it's supposed to continue from the the line that says after all we are all flawed and imperfect and there's no difference between any of us 
So he's just saying that none of us is perfect. I really and take therefore, no, and therefore we yeah. should never, you know, deify anyone. Well, he's. I think he's speaking a little bit about. I mean, I feel like he's speaking about breaking away from Xavier now. Yeah. Like truly breaking away from Xavier. Like not while believing while being on his island. While being on his island. Well, he's it's all, away. more like more like ideologically, which you can yeah. say is almost like the X Men comics of old, because that is what Xavier represents in many ways. I mm-hmm. mean, I, I'm taking more like high minded, but I feel like that's what Hickman does. So. I get what you're saying, yeah. Tyler. Because I think from 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 the very start, this Krakoan era, the dream is being the dream is mm-hmm. being, you know, um uh is, is being centered and created by Xavier. But now, you know, Gene and I mean probably mm-hmm. Gene and, and and Cyclops are both of them are saying that no, it's we we are not buying what you're selling 100%. Things are not what you say it is. So it's it's changing. Yeah, I agree. I like like that. that. I like that um, look about it. But I think I would have been more interested if this was coming from New Mutants. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, like I I really, I I feel like... Or North Star. Oh, (laughs) like, like, you know, like I, I really, because the fact that it's Cyclops and he is... Whether he likes it or not, he's forever going to be the face of Xavier. Like, you know, he's forever going to be like that, the first top five. So when he says all of these things, I don't buy any of this because I'm like, it really like, so I, I completely understand like, you know, and I think that's what it is. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. the idea of it is uh, like what Tyler presented here. But the thing is, because it's the messenger, because it's the Mm. messenger error that I'm like, Okay, okay. Yeah. Okay, no, I agree. And the counterpoint to my point was basically we have done that before. Because yeah. Xavier, yeah. he, he exactly. killed Xavier. So, exactly. so you know, he, he did yeah, that. How much before. more split can you be from? I guess his whole point is like, now I'm going to disagree with Xavier without killing him. Hey. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because I don't want to be the whole next to Saber, dude. So, yeah. yeah. Like, that's what, I mean, I don't know. I really want evil Cyclops back. Like, you know, he's like a revolutionary Cyclops. Revolutionary Cyclops. Cyclops, Cyclops is right. Yeah, Cyclops is right. I want that Cyclops to be back. Like, I was like really disappointed when he showed up as the Captain Commander in House of X because I'm like, he should be like, screw this. No, (laughs) none of this. I have put people in that island before. It did not go well. So I am not signing up for this. I really wish that was the case. Well, we might, that might be somewhere that Dugan is going with this new team. Who knows? But does anybody have any specific speculation before we move on to Sinister Secrets about the two figures silhouetted against this red glowing orb in the sky? One of them is sitting cross-legged. I have some thoughts on that. One yeah. of them is kind of more big and, and on their haunches. Any thoughts? Yeah. I mean, the speaking cross-legged, I just kind of think that it's Zorn. Oh, yeah. It's Zorn or Zorn. Oh, one, one of, of them. Okay. Yeah. One okay. of the two Zorns. So um, then the one that is, you know, kind of squatting down, I'm not sure. Um, I, I have no idea he who that is. He does love Zorn. He loves uh, using the, playing with Zorn and stuff. So Yeah. Yeah. Even in his ultimate... Uh, uh, yeah. uh, Ultimate Universe series. In his alternate reality in New Avengers, he got yeah. some uh, got some Zorn up in there. All right. Well, I guess so we'll bad. see. Now let's move <laughs> on 
to our lightning round on Sorry, Red can Diamond. I say something else? Okay. Because I just noticed it. Um, it in the silhouette, it seems like the one the one that's sitting cross-legged seems like there's something jutting yeah. out behind his back. A sword. I know, so, I couldn't decide if it was like a sword or like a ponytail, which is more of that Is this Gorgon? Debris. Oh, could be Gorgon. I don't know. I think that's a false cool. lead. I think it's going to be as yeah, where's Gorgon? Zorn. Yeah, right. where is Gorgon? We were promised. Uh, okay, we... <laughs> time for the Red Diamond. Lightning right. round. It's still in publication. Clearly, we've missed some blind items between the time we did this in Hoxpox and now. Or was it in mm-hmm. Hoxpox? I don't even remember now. Yeah, um, it was. Because... No, there were two. There were, were two different ones. We're already up to number item number 51. Yeah. So let's take this quickly. Sinister Secret number 51. The Quiet Council member isn't actually fooling anyone. They're fooling everyone. Wear a mask long enough and eventually it starts wearing you. Such a shame not being able to let things go. Who is this? Mystique. It's Mystique, Mystique. right? The only yeah. one that they can probably use the pronoun they. Uh, no, number two is Mystique. No, that too. number two is Emma. <laughs> well, okay, okay. So we think, me- I was like, who else, is- who else is wearing a mask? I thought it could be Xavier. Yeah. Because oh. like we're all like, what is he up to? What's his actual plan? Is he actually like, mm. you know, his mask is this is this helmet that we've seen him wear on all but one or two panels this whole time? I don't know if there's anybody else other than than Xavier or mm. Mystique who it could be. Because I thought it, I I was actually with uh, Tyler because they used they. I'm like, oh, it's Mystique. Mm. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. just. Because they do deliberately use gendered pronouns in some of the other ones. All right. Sinister Secret number 52. She doesn't have it yet, but one way or another, this mutant always, always, always gets what she wants. Will it be given to her or will will it have to be taken? Doesn't matter. The real question is, what's in the box? Could it be diamonds or something (laughs) far more valuable? Now that you said it's Emma, yeah, it's probably Emma. Well, I I mean, based on this issue. Yeah, based on this issue, what's in the box? Uh, yeah. Oh. So the thing is, like, I also thought that it was mistake, but mm-hmm. the problem is she doesn't always get That's what she wants. <laughs> she yeah. really, really gets what <laughs> yeah. she wants. She doesn't. Well, in the end, so. she does. That's yeah. yeah. What if the answer that's to everyone so, is mistake? What if they're all yeah. mistake? <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. What about? Sin- go ahead, Tyler. No, I say what about fifty two is 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 sinister getting onto the game of Moira. Mm. We'll have to see. Moira also doesn't get what she wants. Yeah. Sister Secret well, number 53. I bet you'd yeah. like to know how this fittest of all mutants is handling <laughs> the second genesis of his external life. Sorry, you'll have to wait to find out. This is That's Hickman authorially telling us, yeah. don't get your hopes up for Apocalypse yeah. and Inferno. That's it's, just telling, it's just telling Richter. It's just basically yeah. telling and Richter. Richter. Yeah. Forget about it. Forget about it. <laughs> He's enjoying uh, his life with his family. Yeah. Sinister Secret number 54. Seducer mm. made an honest man of the island's favorite boy, but what unspoken secrets are coursing through the nervous system of the favorite boy's island friend? Are you listening? I know that you are. So are we talking, is this Warlock or Krakoa that's got the problem? Yeah. That's what I'm That's what I'm We all know anything else. No, because because Doug's island friend is Krakoa. Doug's, you know, I mean, on Doug's island, the friend could be Warlock. Yeah. So, uh, and didn't good. he, in fact, Krakoa with a little bit of Warlock yes, way yes. back in Power of X? Mm-hmm. Right. Is Warlock the problem? I, yeah, I'm excited. And also, you know, in the in the promo in Inferno, the Warlock, I mean, Doug has Warlock's arm. Yeah. So I'm not sure right. if that means anything, but... 
Let's keep at it. Sinister Secret 55. Regarding secrets and secret alliances and the shadow play that is the great Mm. game of nations, just how many ruling councils are there now circling the sun? I'll never tell, but if you (laughs) say two, you're definitely too low. Second, Kreko and Cancel to add to the main one and Araka. Right? Mm. Right? I don't know. I mean, this is secret alliances. So I know I'm thinking yeah. like, you know, yeah. Emma, Kate, Aurora is one alliance. I'm talking, Xavier, I'm talking sub-council Eric. within the first council. Yeah. Sorry, I don't mean cut. Free no, I'm just talking about secret alliances. So it doesn't have to be the council. I was thinking something about what to do with the Orcus. Like Orcus. around the sun, okay. around the sun. Like yeah, in Orcus. Because he's talking about the then, game of nations. It's not just yeah. about Krakoa. Yeah. yeah, I was thinking something along the line, and I think at some point Tyler mentioned that Sinister is probably part of Orcus. <laughs> so I was ah. like, maybe this is it. But yeah. I was thinking like, and that's because around the sun, you know, right. I'm very mm. literal. I don't like these games, guys. So. I, think it, I think it's the Quiet Council, the Arakan Council, yes. that I think we're going to be meeting very shortly, Orcus, and possibly whatever Bran's doing with Sword. Okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And what about the the, the, the three ambassadors? That's from a yeah 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 from another yeah. book we read this from week. Marauders. Yeah. The three ambassadors yeah. were like oh, making were like them. making a show of coming through the gate together. Mm. Remember that? Remember that the caption box? Yeah. yeah. To me, this is like the thing I'm really interested about in in this Say. reign of X because reign of X is like whose reign, right? We're all just assuming it's this decadent Xavier reign, but yeah. maybe it's actually more of like a Game of Thrones thing, like whose reign, who's on the throne, who's Let's... the ruling council. There can only be one. Yeah. Do it. Okay, Sinister Secret 56, and speaking of things that come in twos, two empty seats in the Quiet Council are too, too many. Look for there to be moves made in the filling of those empty seats, regardless of how many favors have to be called in or how many unwise alliances are formed. Just remember, when everyone has a secret, no one can be trusted. This is mm. nothing. Yeah, it's, it's just state reality. It's just stating yeah. stuff. Stuff will happen. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it's saying. Well, I think I think though it's kind of like moves, multiple being made to fill the empty mm-hmm. seats. And if everything's coming in pairs, and and we're inside of this party, we just saw them invite Namor. Who else got an invite? Is it Banshee? Is I think it's Banshee. kind of like about like who's getting invited. It's not just meant to be like, so there's some seats. It's it's meant yeah. to be like, look at who's making a promise to a try move. to fill the seats. Yeah. I can't okay. believe Abigail Brand didn't get an invite. I know. You really think she would at this Yet. point. Or maybe yeah. it's because it's she She cannot be controlled. Like it's like, she doesn't yeah, want it, nah. yeah. Like, she's yeah, off I'm in like, space. Yeah, no, we don't so want no that. One, no, one knows, no one knows where she stands or, or sits. So, so no one wants her to be as part of the council. Well, what right, about this, these unwise yeah. alliances, right? Like, wouldn't you... Like, bringing somebody to the council should just be like, hey, you get a seat on the council, right? But this is Villains. kind of implying that it's going to involve kind of like a under-the-table handshake, like, mm. I won't eliminate you if you won't eliminate me, yeah. which Emma and Kate kind of have with Shaw already. To our knowledge, there's nobody else on the council that has a secret handshake deal other than the three of them, but who knows? Yeah. I mean, that well, was it's not just way Emma they... and Kate. It's Emma, Kate, and Aurora. Oh, true. Mm. And then, so, no, but the thing is, like, that's the whole way Sinister got a seat there, too. Like, right. it was all handshakes. And that yeah. alliance is unwise. Mm. Yeah. 
All right, Sinister Secret number 57. For far too long, they shared an existence. Now the one has become two. The first is a shattered captain of a demanding queen, and the second a sinister sword under a sinister thumb. How long will the second stay there? How many more sinister demands will be too many? No one knows, but I think we're getting close. Basically, that one's just read Hellions. Yeah, it's basically <laughs> Quanan is going to rebel soon. Oh, duh. All right, yeah. <laughs> I'm so <Yeah>. stupid. <laughs> I thought that, I know, I thought that the Shepherd Captain also did my, oh, okay, yeah. yeah. I mean, but mm-hmm. I think Queen there is Queen, the Queen of England, like as a symbol is... No, it's Saturnine. It's Because there's this whole thing we're going to get into uh, talking about Excalibur, about how like England doesn't, what, what, is demanding things. Like the Queen queen and country, the Queen of England is sometimes used as a symbol of the nation. Like I, I do think it could be talking about England, literally. Yeah. Maybe. Okay. This is secret number 58. It's still the early day. I'm getting more and more. This is how I read Cat in the Hat, by the way. I'm like, I will bounce on my ball while I read it in the same, like, Tim Curry, Dr. Frank voice that I do for Sinister. Sinister secret number 58. It's still the early days of the Viscoran excavation of blood worlds, but an unknown material of immeasurable worth has begun appearing in the crooked market. So far, the mad Jasper has snatched up every piece as soon as it's available for trade. But don't you worry. Our confederacy of capes is Set on acquiring some by hook or by crook. Crook. Bro, this you is the most like, interesting one, I think. You sound yeah. like uh, uh, Mike Myers and Cat in the Hat. I'm sorry. <laughs> that, that is the goal. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm sure he was doing a little bit of Tim Curry as Dr. Frank oh, in yeah. his Cat in the Hat. So it's well, all. Well, would this just. I, I thought this was. Um, I could be wrong, but my biggest guess was the um, the this, the material and sword. Mysteriums? Mysterium. Uh, well, could be wrong. the thing is that the black. I mean, you know, the 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 world that they are mining mm-hmm. are from field realities. Mm. So what that's not causes accurate. the field realities? I, right? Like well like gosh, what causes half about failed realities before? I don't think exactly. that's been his deal. I don't know. But, so I mean, that's <laughs> the part that's the part which I'm kind of like ah, trying yeah. to ask the yeah. the Hikvengers the Avengers panel, the people that who love Avengers, yeah. may have do you some think I remember? Do you think I remember the plot? Because I was just thirsting after Namor the whole time. <laughs> I remember plots This, this seems like an Al Ewing thing. It just, that's my pick, but we'll have to see, obviously. Mm. Well, have, have we seen the Crooked Market since no. X of Swords? No, we haven't. Nope. Did they go Did they no. go through it in New Mutants while they were searching yeah. for Josh? Oh. Right? Mm, no, that- I don't think... Did they go through? Wasn't for... there this whole thing where Jamie wanted them to get a thing, and then they right that they there was like the whole thing with the horse and things. Yeah, but that right? wasn't the crooked market. Uh, I mean, no, crooked market is one thing, but not the material. not the one with the sheriff, uh, right. Gia Whitechapel. Yeah. So don't Google it. Okay. Uh, yeah. Sinister Secret number 59. Promotions are hard to come by when everyone is a resurrected immortal, but sometimes a change has to be made when an unexpected variable is added to the equation. Heroes and their do-gooder ways always an inconvenience for a practical mutant. This, this is was the most written for one. me. Mm-hmm. No, it's, it's written you? for me. Yeah, because, you know, heroes and do-gooders, we don't want them. X-Men, take them off. Take them off the board. So here's what's interesting to me about this one. It's basically saying that if everybody, every X-Men lives forever, nobody kind of like gets a bump in status, right? But Mm -hmm. then when you add a variable to the equation, it's 
which then things get shaken up. The first thing I kind of just thought of is how Lara is Wolverine now, right? As an example mm-hmm. of somebody who like supplanted someone who kind of has always and forever been something. But who else would get, who else is like bubbling under waiting for a chance? Not like Mystique who wants to backstab somebody, but who's like naturally never going to get their chance as long as this other person is alive. You know, that's Cortez. what it made me really think about. I, I don't know. Cortez? Cortez. I mean, any He's number practical. of mutants. But the thing is, like, here's the thing. Like, the one that you were talking about, like, the like, character getting, like, a promotion. But that's a our world problem. That's mm-hmm. a comic book problem, not, like, a universe problem. Well, like, what other you know kind of I mean? promotion is he talking about, then? Sword has just a hierarchy. Like, Cortez what kind of promotion? wants a job. I'm, I'm, he just got fired. No, I, th- um, I, I mean, <laughs> I feel like it's not a, a, a promotion in terms of, like... Um, Status. Yeah. So it's, it's more like... Um, how how what what's next beyond being an immortal? I don't even know, man. Being in Dominion. <laughs> that's so, I mean that's one of my guess. Is like you know let's go beyond that. Like instead of dying and getting rebirth, what about not dying at all? Oh, so like the promotion and the unexpected variable is like. Let let's one up immortal. Mm-hmm. Let's not yeah. like take somebody's place. Interesting. Well, the other thing would was, be you know of, when when. Uh, go ahead. No, no, I was thinking about Monet's anchor, like prom, like uh, I forgot. Like, I, I was thinking of it's like her thing as well that she's finally getting to be getting a promotion in a way. So I was thinking about that too, but I don't think that tracks. Mm-hmm. Well, the other thing is that I this one. Well, I, I was trying to fit each li- riddle to to one of the titles. Yeah. yeah. So I think this might be Way of X. So this could be the Onslaught he's the imprint. Variable. Both both Legion and Onslaught are kind of yeah. the, the big variable. The variable, the the, the, yeah. the imprints that are left behind by, you know, I mean, that's my theory about resurrected mutants getting a special imprint. I mean, the other thing also, it tracks with like, you know, Chimeras or Chimeras. Who's so, a practical mutant though? Yeah, I don't know that part. Is that because it's it's got a double entendre? A practical mutant meaning like somebody who's very practical in their ways and manners and, and mm-hmm. getting things done, or a practical mutant like practically a mutant, which would make it sinister probably because he's the one who like oh, I'm practically a mutant. Like I'll just make myself a mutant. <laughs> yeah, so I just I, I, I just a... I just have Thunderbirds like genes, so I'm now a mutant. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There was a Sinister Secret revealed, which we did guess correctly long, long ago, I believe, probably due to Zach's influence, uh, which was that the the word they were teasing all the way back was Inferno. So see, yeah. Hickman had it all that time ago. Yeah. And now we come to our final secret, which we already know the answer to <laughs> reveals it. Sinister yeah. Secret number 60. What Sinister Someone has been hard at work studying the vile helix of a of vile, a vile world. world. It's me. And of course, we know this is the secret who we just got back last week at the end of Hellions, yep. who um, was slain on Emmeth. So he's been figuring out the DNA the of evil Emmeth. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Just a note, folks. Faria actually does have to step away at this point. So we did capture ahead of time her reaction to Children of the Atom. But uh, she is not going to be a part of this Excalibur discussion or the full discussion on Children of the Atom. For Excalibur 21, Tyler, take us through without too much plot uh, reaction, your overall reaction to this issue. See, I'm of two minds here. I, 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 as a standalone issue, it doesn't quite work. But as an issue where you have read prior issues all the way up to this point, 
then it kind of like makes sense because it brings together a lot of a lot of things that were either briefly mentioned or were kind of like um mentioned in one panel and then dropped off so in some ways i think this is good as a you know as part of the run but as as, as itself you know besides the really good um toes art it kind of misses a little bit for me so you know for me so so it's very difficult for me to to for, to give a, an opinion of how good this is or how bad this is because because it really depends on how much like you have read and retained you know from 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 previous issues of Excalibur. Okay. Harry. I'm hard pressed to say what excites me the most about this book, uh, which is not the compliment I don't think. <laughs> but uh, if I had to guess, I would say um, the uh, kind of the political intrigue and drama of having uh, a Captain Britain who's connected to Krakoa and how certain groups like Clan uh, Akaba kind of respond to that and all of that. So um, this had plenty of that, which I enjoyed, and it also had some uh, reunions that I enjoyed. Um, I enjoyed this more than average. This will never be my favorite book um but this this wasn't too bad a time um and i like the art and the costume so i'm gonna give it 3.25 masks off out of five <laughs> ah. you know it's interesting i my complaint all along when i have one about excalibur is it just feels saddled with a cast that it doesn't fully care about or know what to do with and this was an issue where the cast worked in its favor right like you know betsy had plenty to do richter really felt like he had a plot for a change jubilee didn't really get anything but i feel like we've proven that jubilee has a little bit of a place in this book and gambit now suddenly feels really interesting and relevant because he really wants to stay even (laughs) though rogue is leaving which is probably the first interesting thing gambit's done and so i know i'm getting into (laughs) the plot a little bit but like i kind of found myself saying like hey, maybe I'm excited for year three of Excalibur because it really feels like it's going to transform a little bit. At the same time, mm-hmm. it does feel like we're coming back around to the status quo of the first issue a little bit, which is my time as a flat circle. I mean, it really <laughs> feels like we're just resetting the map, especially with some of the Morgan uh, Le Fay stuff that's happening. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, ultimately I come down really on the positive, especially Marcus Tau. Mm-hmm. This has got to be the hardest working man in show business. He's also <laughs> penciling half of all of Zdarsky's stories in Batman Urban Legends oh. right now which looks amazing and the zadarsky uh red hood story is like top notch top notch batmanning and uh and then i see even skipped an issue of excalibur since x of swords i don't know how he does it yeah well and it's good it's i mean we've had some complaints about some of the framing some of the posing but like he's a really solid solid artist it's very solid and and also i think a good issue of art I think there are some last minute changes that he has to add into this issue. So, you know, I feel like even with that, he actually manages it pretty well. Well, let's start out with the start here. Richter gets brought somewhat hesitantly along to the party. I'm this person who doesn't want to be at the party until I'm at the party. I'm very similar. (laughs) And uh, Shatterstar arrives covered in blood and gore, much to the consternation slash delight of the crowd around him, including Conan O'Brien. And and everybody seems pretty upset. Personally, if my teammate's lover had been trapped on Mojo World and just broke out, killed the Morgan for X-Factor and showed up at the party hunky and covered in blood i would be pretty happy i would think. yeah right <laughs> but but uh but that doesn't seem to be the reaction that he's getting tyler what yeah. did you think about this unlikely and unliked 
reunion. It's, it is really weird for me because we know that this Shatterstar thing was a last minute thing in X Factor. Oh, and so this is what you mean about it? Yeah. Toe needing to squeeze in some So Toe has to squeeze in like two or three pages here. Um, I mean, one page here and then like towards the end, um, which I thought was like, is, is, I mean, it's really surprising for me when, when this happens because I wasn't expecting it to happen in the Gala issue. I was expecting it to happen like in the next Excalibur issue. Um, but um, yeah, I'm like, uh, what makes you think that Covered in Blood is a good way to attend the Gala? Well, he doesn't know anything about He's this society boy. and <laughs> First of all, Shatterstar is not one to care about that kind of thing. That's true. But, but also... He's been through some stuff in the last 24 hours. Yeah. His mom slash, slash, I don't even know how to refer to that. Yeah, it's very difficult to say that. Uh, yeah. Just rescued him and then he killed the Mar- Yeah, anyway. Uh, yeah. But I agree, actually. Maybe that kind of explains how abrupt that scene is because Teeny Howard kind of had her it's hand side and she's like, how do I introduce him to the party? And exactly. have a reason to not write him for the rest of the and she, and, and, and And Howard has to drop one, I think what the original pitch is supposed to be, which is, who is Jubilee's hot date? Because she it was talking about bringing her cute baby to the party. Really? You think that that mm. was going to be instead somebody walking in and like sweeping Jubilee off her feet? Probably. <laughs> That's my thought. <laughs> I don't know. That's the thing. I went back to the to last week's issue and tried to see if Jubilee was with anyone, but I couldn't see it. I mean, there wasn't anything. <laughs> Harry, what did you think about this? abrupt return i thought it was um kind of cute but it was mostly funny because uh shatterstar really just is like i've i've been up to stuff i've been having things happen don't leave me they all just like screw you and they all yeah. just walk away like come on rick come on richter get out of here and richter's like i've been busy like busy missing apocalypse and writing in his diary about apocalypse like i don't really it was on it, it was funny um I, I i do think the art's kind of popping here though there's a lot of cool mm-hmm. uh uh, acting and um i'll give him credit uh toe credit uh the celebrity cameo is much less obnoxious here than it's been in a few of the other books so just <laughs> because they're not front art. and center i know yeah they're like always like, reacting to something at, at a side so <laughs> yeah it's not just like friggin' um yeah like uh kevin feige like staring at your soul through his plastic <laughs> face you know it's better and uh, also yeah, toe gets like... in a lot of background mutants that i'm still i know oh, out. I, mean, I just noticed Wizkid. Yeah. i just mm-hmm. noticed nightcrawler i mean he's got uh, he has eye boy talking to somebody who looks like they're in a, a scarlet witch face thing yeah i don't know who that thing. was i have no idea who that is yeah too. So, so uh, yeah, you know, I think I think we've kind of covered it. It's it's a shame that it had to come out so weird and abrupt, but I think it gets saved by the end of the issue. And I think, I mean, we can kind of yeah. jump. We can't really jump to the ends. We have to talk about the middle. We have to talk but, about the middle. Yeah, yeah but I, I will say that it's much more satisfying to see them really reconnect at that point. Yeah, it's after really Richter sweet. Had like a a moment. We, we yeah. needed Richter. I think if I think it would have been a disservice to Richter as a character if his big moment of kind of emerging was just because Shatterstar came. Because I don't want any character to be defined nope. by some other yeah. character, no matter yeah, 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 what yeah, the yeah. relationship is and how much I enjoy the relationship. Yeah. So I think it's really important, and I think Teeny Howard was quite wise, to structure the issue such that Richter had his own journey and then could have the reconciliation. Mm-hmm. And so I'm willing to forgive them acting completely out of character here on this first page because it was narratively required. Yep. Okay. 
So here's the big news. Coven Aqaba has fully infiltrated the British government. The mm-hmm. British alliance with Krakoa is over. They're returning yep. all of their drugs. It's unopened. a Brexit. It's a it's Brexit. Brexit. <laughs> it's and Brexit. Uh. The gates will be expelled. I mean, they're full on going. I mean, it, it's Brexit. And, yeah. uh, and oh, by the way, also, they need some mutant blood for sacrifice. Pete Wisdom, would you come to our after party and be the future dish? <laughs> and yeah. Pete Wisdom, oblivious as ever. I mean, he's smart and he's a you know secret agent, but not yeah. a lot of social skills. Because no. he just walks right into that. When any of us could have told him that he was going to be killed. Of course, he theoretically would, <laughs> of course, he would be if they actually killed him all the way. Yeah. But uh, Tyler, what do you think about all this uh, Brexiting, Krakoa Brexit? I mean, the the thing is that it, it was, it would have been interesting if we had a lot more foreshadowing of this. Instead, I think what we got was a data page last issue of like Pete Wisdom frantically trying to text Betsy and Betsy yeah. did not reply. Mm. And the last time this um Ruben person appears was when he was having this folder and was wearing the cape and was trying to accost uh Pete Wisdom in his office. It's like, hey, look at this, look at this. Mm. They are they are creating like the mutants are creating like like random uh Captain Britain, you know? And so, so there was there was this connective issue that is, um, I mean, connective tissue that is not there, and maybe it's supposed to be a surprise, but um, it seems to be like a lot of the real world politics that um this era of of X books tries to play, it is overly simplified, hmm. and it just seems kind of like okay, you just have to take it that that happens. And you know they they wing they willingly, you know, gave a guy in a red cape, um, the role of an ambassador. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that suspension of 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 belief have I mean has to be there for you to be able to enjoy this part. But otherwise, I think um, you know the I mean I love the reaction. You you got the drugs, and now you're saying that we are going to you're going to return all the drugs. Are you sh- you know, I mean, the implication here is that you're definitely not going to return 100% of the drugs. So you got the benefit, and then you're going to cut us off. Uh-huh. So, Harry, what about you? I liked it. I mean, you got a point, Tyler, that it hasn't been like that that prominently established until this point. But um, at this point, I just want to get something to latch on to here and enjoy. Mm-hmm. So I'm just glad that it is happening. And yeah. um, I find it interesting. You know, I, I do like the geopolitical machinations here and it is like a little simplistic i'll give it that but like it's also comics and it's fun and there's an ambassador wearing a cape that is both (laughs) something you got to suspend your disbelief about but also you can enjoy and um you know i think if we can focus on this and not and not like kind of fly around with like kind of more mediocre betsy stuff as we've been Mm -hmm. reading recently if we can maybe just commit to this threat which this issue is just a lot of like growing threats and and moves being yep. made against Excalibur. If we can like stick to this and keep this going, I I think we're onto something here. So and like, this I mean, it's also pulling a lot of threats that has been hinted at here and there mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I definitely appreciate that. So I mean, you know, the I yeah, I, I listened to a an interview with um. 
Teeny Howard about this series, and she mentioned something big happening at the uh, gala issue. I assume it's this, but like it seemed like she was excited for a lot of stuff that's coming. Uh, you'd hope, mm-hmm. and uh, I, you know, I, I want to like this book more. So maybe we're um, kind of past a bit of the um, the filler arc if we're going to be generous or, or yeah. not generous, and um, see what happens next. Mm-hmm. You know, I have really mixed feelings on it because. I hadn't really liked Excalibur very much until we got to that malice issue. And also just mm-hmm. even like the the Betsy and the alternate England, like I really liked mm-hmm. a lot of that yep. post-X of Swords stuff. I had complaints about one of the issues, but it kind of felt like, okay, so this is the Betsy book and this Betsy book is about, you know, her identity and, and everything about that. Now, in a way, this Akaba stuff makes me feel like we're being plunged back into that opening arc of the book, which I was not a fan of, but things are different, right? There's no mm-hmm. apocalypse Krakoa is much more established now. Betsy has worked out her identity issues a lot. Rogue is not a tree. This mm-hmm. is this is a different status quo for this kind of second round. And it kind of makes me think like this is actually the thing that I that I do like about this book, which yeah. is why ultimately I'm I'm positive here, which is that it's about, you know, Betsy's identity, both as a mutant and a and a British person and being back in her own body and all of the other things, mm-hmm. as Captain Britain, all of these things. It's about England's identity, right? As an island, as a colonial force, as a colonial force who now kind of feels like they're being colonized by mutants Mm -hmm. right that's an interesting beat to play out and and also tying it into the real world lack of acceptance and and lack of being able to kind of move forward into the future as a diverse society because again there's this feeling of the colonizer being colonized um and they don't like it they're not a fan right so and so (laughs) there's that level and then there's like the kind of greater level of the magical stuff with other world right which you know and and what it means for britain to be a doorway to other world the whole status of british myth what british myth kind of means for Britain as a very Anglo-Saxon society that's not accepting of people that are different, even though their myth is full of magic and people are different. And like, how do you reconcile walking around in a red cloak as the ambassador um, and being like, these witch breeds? You're you're an ambassador wearing a red cloak who calls yourself (laughs) part of Clan Akaba. Pot, kettle, let me introduce the two of you. Y'all are are all sorts of witch somethings, right? And so I just, I I like, I think that's interesting. And I think when this book book has really gotten in the weeds it's like about different druids or whatever like keep that focus on the political Mm -hmm. stuff on the identity at the personal level on the national level that that's what this book actually does well as soon as we get back into like these druids stab these clan member which is where it could be going (laughs) because then we get this whole druid moment with richter i really think the book loses its dramatic tension there because i don't think Mm -hmm. teeny howard has actually made us care about the groups but if she stays on the identity part i think we care a lot i do and so I'm like, I'm always rooting for the books. I think that gets I lost agree. when I'm here complaining. But like, I see a glimmer of how great this can be. And I'm like, come on. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe, maybe they, they were like, okay, let's have the first the first uh, wave of books. And then they were, they were looking at it. I was like, hmm, where is Gambit and Rogue? We need Gambit and Rogue. And then they're like, okay, you can put it here because this is a single issue type of story in X-Men. So Rogue and Gambit will not be starring in there. New yeah. Mutants doesn't like work. Like they have nowhere else to be, right? Yeah. So, why not so then it's like, let's put it on Excalibur. And then how, uh, you know, Tini Howard being the team player is like, okay, let me, let me write them into my story. Rogue can be a tree. I've got it. Yeah. And then yeah. now, and then now that they are like, okay, we don't have Rogue anymore. Well, I can I can do something fun with Gambit and his cats. So I'm you know he, he stays. <laughs> yeah, I'm hopeful after the malice issue and now this. I think dramatically we're headed towards something. I mm-hmm. you know I just I've been burned before. 
I've had my heart <laughs> broken before and <laughs> I don't want to commit yet. Yeah. I mean, I, I look I, at, you know, especially looking at the party part of this and looking what this yeah. cast might be with these changes, right? It's like, is Shatterstar joining the cast? That would be cool. Does is King Prestige? Howard have custody of Rachel now that X Factor yeah. is ending? Mm. That would be cool. Are, is Megan going to become more of a part of this cast? And now there's this hint that Megan is pregnant again. Is pregnant like, again. What do we care? I mean, it feels like there's got to be some <laughs> reason that we care. There's Jamie. It feels like it, it, there's Pete Wisdom. Is he going to be more part of the cast? Yeah. It feels like there's really a chance to pivot this. And A, feeling a lot more British and also mm-hmm. feeling a lot more like old Excalibur, but just like really like having a renewed purpose. But that's the point yeah. that you, you just said, because the whole Nightcrawler, Megan and Brian scene, it just reminds me of the old Excalibur. And Which is that perfect. is delightful. I mean, just, yeah, I'm reading yeah. it and I'm like, this is not nostalgia talking. Every one of these issues is just like a perfectly constructed comic book, at least exactly. early on, you know, it has its yeah. and its downs, but. Of course. Yeah. So I don't so, I, I mean, I didn't like any of that. I mean, Rachel dances with Psylocke. Like, well, what are we supposed to get from that? They were never on the original team together. Rachel left literally like two issues yeah. before Psylocke arrived. So I was trying to think like, do they really have a relationship? Really? Like, is this just teasing that one or both of them? I mean, Psylocke is semi-canonically bisexual, although they won't mm-hmm. actually like commit that on the page. Everybody wants to say that Rachel is canonically bisexual, but she's not, although we all think yeah. she should be. Or, or is it just two friends dancing? Either way, I think it's a good scene, but it's like, okay, fine. But then if that means that Rachel is going to start showing up at the lighthouse a little bit more in the next arc, like, cool. Yeah. So I think it's like, I'm trying, like Harry, I've had my heart broken before. These are all characters I love. These are all plots that could be good. But, you know, Skip, could, could uh, turn out good for us. I don't know if we've passed this already, but Toe, Toe draws an incredible Nightcrawler. I really like just the the jovialness and just the the, the volume and of his <laughs> Banff smoke. And Banff. <laughs> I love that. I, I really think he draws a great, 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 great Nightcrawler. So that, that was one of the most... That was, yeah. One of the best parts of the book. And don't forget, this is like the 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 Buzz Nightcrawler. Yeah, drunk as hell. Uh, about, about that time. It's about that time. Yeah, yeah. He was more than buzzed in that Hellions issue. He was sloppy. <laughs> he was. I think also, he... Like, Sorry, I was just thinking... For a second. Rachel dancing with Psylocke. I'm like, doesn't she have those spikes all down the front of her costume? I know! It's not really meant for slow dancing. It's like a See, buster with a hook hand in rest of development accidentally poking people all the time with the hook. <laughs> but, but, but what if what if she can, you know, telekinetically control those spikes possibly i mean she does she usually have molecular control over her yeah costume, but i just made me laugh so so <laughs> look si- uh i keep trying to call her psylocke but she's betsy now because quantity yeah psylocke. she's betsy. uh betsy's none too pleased with this whole development because she's derives her power from britain right which is often a plot point in captain britain comic mm-hmm. books and the lighthouse is there which has the gate to other world which also has the gate to krakoa but they want to get rid of all the gates to krakoa she is pissed and so richter is shaken out of his funk not for any reason of his own but being pissed on behalf of his friends and he's like okay we're gonna d- it's going down so he you know runs to the druids he's like i'm a druid now hurrah and he <laughs> you, he for some reason needs the druids to break this little pathway of rock that's between, I think he probably could do it on his own. I think he's I know. a big boy. Uh, yeah. To break away the lighthouse <laughs> to be its own independent, extra curricular Krakoan island. Yeah, a special island. Britain, which is actually it's satisfying. Richter needed yeah. this moment of choosing yeah. something. He Especially needs to. choosing his powers. He's been failing so He'd often like, with all this uh, magic nonsense. He needed a moment to just have an earthquake. Agree. It's just that. 
it's just that the whole druid king thing came out of well i want to say it came out of nowhere it was no. hinted at it was hinted at when he first met the druids like i think in excalibur 4 mm, issue 4 yeah. or something like that but but it was never outright uh, mentioned that he is the king of druids and then here is like oh he's the king of druids and he's like to me my druids like 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 xavier you know to me I my am, x-man i am <laughs> shocked and impressed that you remember your memory is so good to remember things from excalibur for details leave your brain about this book anyone's <laughs> brain like freaking fast and you did you, that was great that was impressive <laughs> yeah you know, I I mean, part saying. of me who's not into the druids thing is like couldn't he have just like gone to the druids and be like i don't even need you in that but you know yeah howard's gonna use it as a plot so mm. I mean, well, and, look, and she also mentioned that the 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 evil mermaid things that attacked them when they first when they were arriving by the boat, yeah, uh, is protecting the island now. Oh. So yeah, so it's I think it's what they call the um I think in the oh, I forgot the 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 name of of the thing the the those creatures I think it starts with like Selkies. S. Yes, which yeah. technically are usually to our like where seals, if I'm remembering yeah. correctly. Sure. Yeah, but so they might King be. Of the Druids is cool. That's a cool idea. I, I'm not. I like that. I'm, yeah. I'm... No, but but that's the thing. My 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 issue here is like, don't just introduce it and then sure. get to the end. Like, develop it. Develop the idea. Develop the whole mythology around it. Like, yeah. don't just assume that we know it, right? Like, just you know, just do more with them. And then here it'll now. be perfect. <laughs> yeah, we are here, here now. now. So let's hopefully it's cool let's next Let's do issue. it. Yeah, just I do know. something fun with this, you know? Yeah. And so Morgan Le Fay is back. I don't know how to feel about that. I, I don't know how uh, much yeah. I care, but she's back. Uh, and mm. uh, she does something to the lighthouse because it glows green when she does her little thing. But we yeah. can't get too hung on about it because Shatterstar arrives, I guess, having come through the gate in the lighthouse. And he's got a six pack of beers. And he's like, can we just have a drink and catch up? And we get this mm. really tender moment. With Richter, who, importantly, if we go all the way back to Excalibur, I think number two is his first issue, has Mm -hmm. reconnected with the Earth in a real way here and and with his connection to the Earth and feels like himself again, which is why we couldn't just do it at the park. Yeah. Hmm. So that's the the part which I was like, aww. So at least least you bring at least you bring them together in a in a way that we we all we all wanted, like, right from the yeah. beginning when we saw Shatterstar, and we were like, why didn't X-Factor tell Excalibur? Don't <laughs> they talk to each other, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and we get it here. So that's a little bit late, but, um, you sure. know, it's better late than never, so... And I, I like the final panel of him just, like, resting his head on Shatterstar's shoulder, and mm-hmm. he's, like, his cape's kind of flowing a bit. It just It's, like, a really nice panel. And I like Richter's outfit. I think he looks pretty cool. And yeah. the other thing for me is, like... You know, I don't think any comic relationship is necessarily sacrosanct. I think it's fun to break people up and move mm-hmm. them around and all. But mm-hmm. at the there's a difference between people who are like dating and then people who are like long term star crossed lovers, you know? And I think like with Rogue and Gambit, even when they're apart, it's kinda like you expect one of them to have an opinion on the other one of them because it's <laughs> yeah. Rogue and Gambit and you just do. Yeah. And I think that Richter and Shatterstar have kind of become that level, right? And it's mm-hmm. it's not that it's so wrong to break them up narratively, yeah. like break them up if you're going to do something interesting, right? Mm-hmm. But to break them up and then have them not really commenting on the other one or exactly. not really like feeling, I don't, 
because again, I never want a character to be defined by another character. That's my beef with, you know, Gene, you know, that's my beef mm-hmm. with a lot of characters. But I think that that was that moment of discord. I'm never here to say like, well, they're a man loves man couple, so you can't break them up. They're unbreakable. Sure. But like, let us feel that, that tension. And it oh, was no, if, just... they are, if they're the man or man couple, they, they are very breakable. Yeah, well, in comics, yeah. Uh, um, no, not just in oh, comics. Oh, in life, you're saying in real life. I, 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 I got what he was saying. I picked yeah, up your okay. foot <laughs> But I, I guess my point is, like, I, I'm not, I'm not like, this Rick Star stan who's like, good, mm. they're back together. It just felt like a nice character moment, and, like, that's what comics are, ultimately. You can make them work and have them be a part, yeah. but you've got to give us good character moments, and it just never felt like we really got a complete Richter character moment with all this kvetching about, Big A's gone! Big A left me his book! Big A, Big A, Big A! It's like, that never funny. read to me, and this one page of Richter resting his head on Shadowstar's shoulder, even if they're not back together, even if they're just mm-hmm. friends, it just read to me much more genuinely, because we needed it, I think. Yeah, we need that. We we needed totally. at least a closure or right. I mean if this is a closure or you know uh, something that acknowledges that you know I have a prior relationship yeah. and no one like it was never addressed so yeah. between this character having a nice character moment and some kind of progression and the promise of stuff with, with Gambit and, and the hints of stuff with Betsy this, this has some nice beats and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm liking it a lot more the more we talk about it just in this video. For Children of the Atom number four, we are doing a buy or skip about this comic book, starting with Tyler. Buy or skip? Buy. But I'm this close to saying skip. Ooh. Harry, buy or skip? Buy if you liked it so far, but I hope it picks up soon. Faria, buy or skip? Uh, I've been saying skip since issue one. That has not changed. Skip. And Peter? Skip, a book about mutant culture is interesting, but it doesn't make it an X book. We're going to go around and recap what our choice was and why we are giving that recommendation, starting with Tyler. Well, I mean, I did say bye and that we are this close. (laughs) I'm this close to saying skip. Um, But why should people buy? You're the one who said buy it. They trust you, even though you're not a doctor. So why? Why why is it a buy? Um, I find that it is, I still think that it is interesting um, in terms of how um, this kids are, you know, um, trying to emulate the powers of mutants. Because in this issue, it clearly establishes that none of them are mutants and they know it. So, um, yeah, I, I, I struggle to um, sort of like, defend a little bit of the appropriation uh, criticism because um, I really don't think that um, they as young kids know that that is appropriation and so 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 I think that's the part which which I'm willing to give them the benefit of doubt and I feel like it is interesting enough um, to see where you know how or if one of them actually end up being a mutant, and what happens to the rest of the group. Mm. All right. Now, Harry, y- you're by on this. So you've got to defend that position. You can't just explain why people should skip it. Why should they keep buying it at least this week? Well, let me tell you, I don't really have that strong feelings. Um, so basically, <laughs> th- this is a tough issue to talk about because it really is just a progression of the issues that have come before it. And many of my thoughts are kind of the same, which is that 
This is just establishing human characters and getting deep into the nitty gritty of the human drama. And this character, the, the one focused on this issue, is different enough from the last three. I don't, I, I don't think we should look past that. That is not the easiest thing to do to make mm. this whole batch of new characters all feel distinct and human enough with interesting enough backgrounds to kind of be spaced apart from one another. And it also is kind of just further developing things that we've talked about. Like, I think this book is starting to make more of, uh, Ayala is saying more clearly that, you know, characters like Buddy are not in the right here or are clearly, you know, murky enough that you shouldn't be, you know, identifying or empathizing with her uh, as much as the others in this book. Um, you know, furthermore, I, I do enjoy, I know we've talked a little bit, but I do enjoy that the plot in this issue is, um, let's just do the thing that the X-Force terrorists did, but in a much dumber way, or it's like, we're just gonna try to get mutant DNA through the portal. I thought that was kind of funny. It's like, you're kind of right. You just came about it in a, in a much different way. Um, but this is just, this is a middle of the road chapter of an interesting book that I am still into. Um, this, the only last mm. thing I would say is, um, you know, I, I'm kind of starting actually to go towards y'all y'all side with the art. I don't think this is really great Paco Medina art. I think mm-hmm. it's kind of flat, a little drab. And I think we're definitely missing something from the Chang issues. So mm-hmm. this is a buy. Like if you're in, I don't think anything in this issue would like get you out. But, you know, there have been better comics. Like I won't, you know. So just I, I'm still going to hang tight and see where it goes. But if it gets worse or more boring, then yes, of course, I'll drop it. All right. Freya, you are a skip. Let's hear a little bit more from you. So I remember one of the last, um, like, previous episodes, you said that this should, book should be called Marvel Youths. Youths. Like, Youths. 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 <laughs> if you're from Bali, <laughs> like, you know, which you are now. Yeah. Youths. Yeah, Youths. youths. Like, or Youths. Yeah. Like, you know, like that. Uh, the whole time I was reading it, that's the only thing that keep going in my mind. And in your <laughs> voice, like, this should be called Youths. I have been like, you know, I've been just like, as I'm reading through this, I've been kind of thinking like this whole thing, are they mutant? Are they not? Has been way too long. There's like way too, for some bizarre reason, we're still following these kids. And it it just, I don't find them charming. I don't find them interesting. And I keep on thinking that how interesting it would have been if instead of making it an X-Men adjacent book, they just made it sort of like Marvels by Card Busiek, which is about like humans in the Marvel universe, how how it would have been if it was youths of Marvel universe and how they are connecting with all the different things. Like some of them could be about a Fantastic Four uh, fans. Some of them could be for like, you know, Avengers fan. I just keep on thinking about that. And it just, I just, I, I'm just not interested in them. I haven't been interested in them from the first. I was hoping and waiting for it to change. And it's not. It's just going in, in a weird tangent. And I'm like, uh-uh, I'm just done. I'm, done. <laughs> I'm a skip. And it's it's really practical. I And it has a lot to do with what we've been talking about for people who've been following mm-hmm. along with our discussion on this. I think this issue makes it really clear that this is a book about the impact of mutant culture rather than mutants, right? Based on the spaceship reveal last issue, based on everything yeah. that's going on with these characters, maybe one or two of them are mutants, but they're mostly not. And I think if we're coming at it from a This Week in X perspective, like reading the X books, I just don't think it matters that this is an X book that's like on the schedule at the back of the book. It's, mm-hmm. it's just going to frust. I think it's going to frustrate a lot of people to keep reading this when it's... It's not an X book in that it's about Krakoa and it's about the the stem of of 
everything happening with mutants right now. Mm-hmm. I think this book would be a lot more successful if it wasn't in the mutant line. And it just happened to be that these characters were really into mutants in the way that many characters and a lot of these young character books are into a lot of other characters. Because honestly, you can make the argument like mutants are inspiring them to be different or whatever. But like, how much is that really the case in this issue? Other than the fact mm. that they're already excited about mutants. We've been, been, why? Because the Dazzler vinyl is in a crate because it's got Wolverine posters on the wall. <laughs> I mean, this doesn't feel any more or less about mutants than, than this Marvel writing Wolverine into her fanfic. And so to me, it kind of just feels, it's a champion's book. Like, just let mm. it be an art, an arc in champions and let that mo- wider Marvel world connect back to the X-Men. You know, unless the spaceship is some Shi'ar ship or their brood or whatever, which I, which in which case I think that's dumb. Um, I just don't think that this is, I just don't think it's an X-Book. Now, if I can take off, as we said last episode, my X-glasses and look at it, would I still say skip? Yeah, because it's not a super good kid comic. It's got really mm. good, and not, I don't mean for kids, I mean about about younger characters. Yeah. It's got really good representation. I think Ayla has their voices down really well, but I think this Paco Medina art is completely unspectacular. It makes it feel totally, totally beige and and um and and unremarkable. And honestly, I think Danny Lore is just right in a circle around this on Champions right now. So like if I not that you can only have one, but seeing mm. how well Champions is is dealing with really similar things. And if we look at all those books that came out of Outlawed, I mean the Power Pack book by Ryan North was one of my favorite comics of this year so far power pack one of my favorite comics of this year marvel has a high pedigree for these books to do well and to be good and compelling and i just don't think that this one clears the bar so i'm gonna skip on it as an x book and i think if you're looking around the rest of the marvel universe for like a i like young characters books i'm gonna recommend champion strange academy and power pack before i'm gonna recommend this it's at the bottom of my ranks so that's a skip mm-hmm. it it's definitely you know now that we're kind of getting further along it definitely feels like you know yes like you know, you could just make this a random champions thing or call it Marvel Youths or what have you. Youths. You know, from a, youth, youths. Youths of Marvel. <laughs> from, a, from a, it seems more obvious that this is very clearly like the marketing angle of making them be like, uh, making them appear as mutants for like that first issue kind of sale thing was mm-hmm. why they got put in this line, um, which makes sense from a, a financial point of view, but maybe not a narrative point of view. So I agree but also yeah, but if I so if I remember correctly, I think this idea was pitched by one of the ex like um, ex office assistant yeah. Uh, yeah. editor or something, right? Right. So, I don't think what I'm debating, and I want to be clear because people on Twitter definitely misunderstood me. Yeah, I'm not debating if we should. S- make some decision that they don't get to count this in an X book or like, Oh yeah. It should be, you know, excommunicated from the X office or it shouldn't be on the schedule at the back of the books. Like I'm not debating reality. Clearly it was pitched as an X book. Clearly it's on the (laughs) schedule. I'm just saying, I don't think it's that effective as an, Mm -hmm. as an X-Men. Sure. No, that's fair. I mean, we have, I mean, I, I agree with that part. Um, and I think the thing is that like, even the X men appearances here are kind of like random and, yeah yeah i mean it doesn't Str- make sense either strong guy there for a second um or maggot looks a lot was that maggot okay I yeah thought that was never mind i got mixed up. that's maggot i still so, like the human he's got the, the coke bottle glasses that's what yeah, yeah. i still think that I, I in fairness i haven't read most of those books you mentioned peter but i think the human drama here is still fairly solid i've been pretty impressed with just how different all of these kids are in relation to one another um yeah. But no, the voices is I think the voices is, is yeah. definitely very well written here. I think that's they, the most important um, thing, they did but... a really, really good job. Uh 
uh, of 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 giving very distinct voices to each of the characters. Yeah. The the thing is that like Buddy started off as someone whom I thought would be a better person. Then <laughs> you're really coming down hard against Buddy today. Well, yeah, I, I mean, am. the the book is the book is very now just like vocalizing like, hey, you're not doing this for the right reasons. This is yeah, become... in two issues in a row, and yeah. not realizing that that's I think that's the that's a problem too. She like like Buddy, she, yeah. she she doesn't realize that she was doing something really wrong here. And I, 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 I think that's the nuance and the the context that makes this still an intriguing read for me. Seeing where the writer is falling on all these characters and where they're falling on mm-hmm. this this little journey of theirs. Uh, so I think it's interesting. Yeah, I, I guess for me, part of it is like, so this is four issues in a row that had a different focus character, and we all knew that that was the setup after the second one. It was going to keep happening. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I just don't think that this home life story works for me as well as the prior three. Like, I agree. you know, and mm-hmm. I've got divorced parents, and I have a multiracial family, so like, you know, much like I've identified with many of the other ones, you would think that maybe this one would hit for me, but it just felt like a little bit like, okay, here's another episode of this new <laughs> Disney show about these kids. Like, it just didn't really... <laughs> have the level of like veracity for this character that the previous ones had mm-hmm. and and i think the first two especially with buddy and gabe like i just was like i love these people i'm yeah. into it i feel like i'm part of their world i get them and like i just i don't feel like i get either of these the the brothers anymore yeah. now that i've read this one so i think that's well, I mean, part of what's leaving me like well, a little no. like oh i'm not sure what's going to write about next issue next issue is about jj and he's the, the yeah. youngest <laughs> one among the five <laughs> i but it's gonna I be kind of like JJ's cool. version of that. It's gonna, it's like parent Maybe. trap. It's gonna be JJ's version of what it's like <laughs> to be the younger brother in that situation mm-hmm. and be kind of brought yeah. along to this new family. I, I think I don't think this is I think this is definitely the weakest of the characters kind of uh interior kind of stories so far. Mm-hmm. But I do like that even though he is kind of a jerk to JJ, it is shown not like in a super heavy-handed way, but pretty effectively that like he will care for the people closest to care. him if yeah. he lets them in. And I don't think it's played super strong. I I, I do think it's a little, it, it's left more for the audience to kind of read into kind of like in a better way. So I liked that, but this is definitely the weakest of the four. Um, mm-hmm. But okay, that it's going to happen. It's going to happen to one of them. So like, I wasn't <laughs> yeah. really not everyone like, can be the best one. But I also yes, think that you know. in addition to the art divide that's come with three and four, it's also like mm-hmm. we've gotten farther away from some of the X-Men connection a little Mm. bit. And it's like, yeah, they all show up at the end here. But I think that part of what was making it interesting was this idea that like the X-Men had their eye on them and the X-Men had opinions about this and they were out kind of superheroing. But like, that's kind of fallen away a little bit too because last one was mostly the dinner scene. And then this one, the X-Men do have to react, but it's kind of like at the last moment. I think, so I'm trying to just interrogate. Like, I don't think it's fair for me to just get on here and be like, I hate this, blah, blah, blah. Just like, I don't think it's fair for Freya to either. And I, I think yeah. it's useful when we try to interrogate that a little bit. So if I'm like asking myself why, I think that this family story felt a little bit repetitive. I think I'm <laughs> missing the the Krakoan perspective in this mm-hmm. one. And I think, and also I just, I, I'm unimpressed with this artwork. I, I can't imagine we're not heading towards that. I'll, I'll say, I, I cannot, this can't be an ongoing, right? This doesn't They've feel like They've solicited through sex, right? You got, you're my friends yeah. who do solicit watching. You tell Sorry, me. Do you remember? Do you remember? I don't remember in the last I episode. don't remember you saying that sex is the last issue. That's the thing. Did it say that? No, it no, did it not. No, it didn't. Oh. 
it did not. So I just yeah. I I I would think this will work better as a finite story. That's just me, Wishcast. I mean, who knows? But um, you know, I I can't. I think we're headed towards the uh, the big reveal that they're not mutants. Um, and I think that'll be. I I truly think that'll decide how I feel about this series as a whole mm-hmm. because it's it's utilized kind of mystery and slow developments pretty well at this point. But obviously, eventually you got to pay that off. Yeah. Well, so. and I also I don't want. I don't want a lack of enthusiasm about this, mine or anyone else's, to take away from us the ability to get other new mutants introduced into this line. I think it's good to bring mm-hmm. in new characters to Krakoa, to bring in new perspectives, to bring in mm-hmm. new identities and representation on the page. And I I guess I just have a little bit of a fear, partially for myself, but partially because I see I'm not the only one receiving it this way, that people are now going to be really cynical if there's any book that introduces any new mutant character, where it's nah. going to be like, Children of the Adams did that and they weren't even mutants, you know? Like, <laughs> at, like I, I, I kind of would be more excited if it did turn out that they were mutants. Maybe the technology is mm. working for them all because they all are mutants, right? I mean, that's still a, a card that could be flipped on the yep. table. And I yeah. think that that ultimately maybe makes this a, a better book. Maybe. I don't know. I I mean we talk about a lot of these and I feel like this is still one of like the most interesting books and one of the most interesting kind of discussions that we all have each month. So like it I, really I, gets the most discussion from us. Mm-hmm. I do. I find it like you know there's nothing really like this in the line for better yeah. or worse. Somewhere free who just got nosebleed. She doesn't know why, but like you know <laughs> like I think that's kind of fun and um, you know maybe just up the art a bit, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. All right. Well, Tyler, is there anything else that we needed to pay close attention to in this? Um, no, I don't see anything that, you know, yeah, no. The only thing <laughs> I'll add, because I, I noticed some people on Twitter and, and myself to be a little confused is, so Kamala's Law and Cradle still is happening after Outlaw. Uh, it's it's not being legislated as, as much as it was, and there's not these, like, hero re-education facilities, because they kind of exposed that at the end of Outlaw. Mm-hmm. But we have seen in other titles that superhero kids still need to have some amount of mentorship. Kamala yeah. is still seen as this very, like, hot-button big get to, to have speak out, because everybody knows the law was about her. So this, this whole kind of even though it's not totally a part of Outlawed, and and maybe I would surmise that the script was retooled a little bit to make it work even post-Outlawed, like that status quo of distrust of young heroes is is still present in the Marvel Universe. So even though this was supposed to come out a year ago, it kind of still plays in the current day congruous to the Gala stuff. Just speaking as someone who hasn't read any of that, it just, it does, it sounds like fan fiction. Like, I, <laughs> I don't mean it in a mean way. I really just, it just, I can't, I, it just seems like something that's going to get retconned out within like a year and a half which yeah it's a minor knows. story it was it's the shame yeah. it was meant to be this very cool kind of like kid civil war children's crusade yeah, yeah, yeah. kind yeah. of thing that a lot of books were going to participate in miles had stuff about it kamala had stuff about it. they did power mm-hmm. pack there was going to this i think that new Warriors series that got totally canned was going to be a part of it and it's a shame because <laughs> it kind of just turned into like a little fizzle, yeah. but can't control it All right, y'all. It has been a big week of gala in these two issues, and we've got another big, some would say planet-sized week coming next week because we have planet-sized New Mutants and X-Corps, which are three of, well, two of the titles we're most interested in, and also X-Corps with a number two issue. We could get interested. Nobody knows what's going to happen yet. Uh, But the whole reason we're getting together to having these in-depth red carpet discussions is why, Freya? X-Men is better when it's read together. Always. Always. That is right. So thank you for reading together with us and anyone else you're reading together with to have that great collective experience of X-Men. We think it's a great 
highly recommendable and commendable idea. On behalf of myself, Faria, Tyler, and Harry, want to thank you for listening to another This Week in Acts from Crushing Comics. We'll be back next week for more This Week in Acts as we discuss the much hotly anticipated planet-sized X-Men. Until then, we hope that you are well. Bye.